On Sunday, I said that I was going to deal with uh, the mystery that Paul talks about on my live stream. I decided not to do it on the live stream because um, there's, a, there's a different draw and a different pull in, a, in the service than when I'm just talking to a camera. I know there's people on there because I'll see their comments or whatnot, but it's not the same as like in an atmosphere like this. And I thought there's things that I want to deal with. Um, and I want to be able to just kind of go slow. I've got enough notes here that I can easily, um, if I go fast, I might be able to cover my notes, but I'm not going to, I really want to go slow. I want to try to make it make sense. Um, there, there's this thing, uh, you know, I didn't think about it. Who's, I can't, Karina, you know the slides we had on Sunday? Do you have them available? Can you pull them up? Like, just go to slide number one. I talked about this on Sunday. Th this is a, a real thing. Wow, that was fast. You're awesome. Uh, this is a real thing on what I see with people is when, when we have any condition of life, um, this is how we pray. We pray to Jesus to go do something for us. But, but there's a shifting in our mind that has to happen. He's already done it. So, but, but the psychology behind this or the, the mental arena behind this is Jesus, I need, you know, money. I need healing. I need, uh, you know, this job situation to work out. I need this family. Would you come and, and do this? But as we saw on Sunday with Gideon, uh, he said, go in this might. Go, go to slide number two. What we should be doing is having a relationship with God so that we can go and deal with the issues. Uh, um, Peter in Acts chapter 3, silver and gold have I none, but what I have I'll give to you. Rise up and walk. Grabbed him by the, the hand, yanked him up. And he didn't pray to Jesus to heal him. He said, what I have I give to you. And then the guy's jumping up, screaming, yelling, running around. Everybody comes out and looks at Peter and John. And they say, well, you guys looking at us as though by our power we healed this man. Because there's a, there's a realization. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7 says we have this <coughs> treasure... <coughs> in an earthen vessel, that the excellency of power may be of God and not of us. So in us is him to do powerful things. Now, what does this mean in my life? If you're battling something in your life, most people are trying to get Jesus to do it. And this is what I've called the statement of being out of the book of Acts. In him we live and move and have our being. Why don't you be what he said? Because if you're living this way, where I've got a relationship with Jesus, with his word, and his word is in me, I'm just going to be his word. That means I'm going to have more than enough. That means I'm going to feel better than enough. That means I'm going to have the might, the power, the strength to overcome anything that this fallen world is going to throw at me. And this is where we come down to the mystery. How do we make it work in us? Because there's a working relationship between this, this human being, David, and the Spirit of God, and the Spirit of God has so much power that there is nothing impossible, but David has a lot of limitations. Just even think about God telling you to do something. Do you really understand what he's saying? Or you, have you brought it through your filter and just running off with it the way that you've heard him say it? If his ways are higher than our ways, our, his thoughts are higher than our thoughts, then he's thinking on a level that is not my normal way of thinking. 
Peter and I were having a conversation the other day, and he started asking me some things about finance, and I started, uh, I started going off and rattling stuff off and everything, and he's like, okay, I won't remember all that, so I'll probably ask you again. Now, to me, it was second nature. Okay, so in this realm, I'm not putting him down, lifting me up. I'm just saying I knew something about something that he didn't know. And so then he brought in another variable. Oh, with that variable, I would do this. I shifted around this so that this is over here because this is going to save on taxes. And, da, 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 da. and he's just like looking at me like, you're a nerd. Um, okay, but, but all it was is I have a frame of mind on that that I can speak at a higher level than where his frame of mind is on that. And, and there's a subject, you know, we can find a subject that he knows that I don't that he could do the same. Wait, 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 wait. You're going to have to slow down and tell me this. You know, talking to Daryl, he likes to tell stories about jobs he did. He's like, tells all this electrical story. He says, you follow me? It's like, not at all. <laughs> but, you know, hey, I believe you know what you're talking about. Uh, because I don't understand electricity and electrical components and switches and all this kind of stuff. So now what about God talking to us? Do we take time in what we heard him say to make sure that we heard what he was saying. Now, I, I, I've got a story on this uh, that I've told before. Is when we bought the house that we're living in right now, uh, I, I came around the corner. We were believing God for a house, and he told me to buy this house. And uh, so, you know, went through all the motions and everything like that. And it was, we moved in in December of uh, 2005. And in, like, Thanksgiving of 2006, we were driving to Utah, uh, for Thanksgiving, and as it always is, the three of them are asleep, and I'm driving. And so, uh, so I'm just praising God for this house. And he said, you missed me. And I'm like, how could I miss you? And I started going through rehearsing, telling him everything that he did as though he didn't remember. And it's like, how in the world did I miss you? This happened, that happened, that happened, this happened. And um, Home Plus is calling me. And so... Um, um, just when I was talking about my home, I wonder if they knew. I tell you what, those, these smart things, they do listen to us, don't they? And, uh, but he said, I said, buy it. Well, when he said buy it, I thought in my natural financial mind. You go out, you put a down payment on it, you get a mortgage to buy it. But to buy something is, is a different phraseology than go borrow money and, and obtain it. So, so I missed him in that because I, when he spoke to me, I knew I heard him say it, and he still dealt with me. I mean, his mercy is great, and we walked into that, uh, and we're, we've been living there ever since then. But, uh, um, but am I hearing him? This is the mystery that I'm going to be talking about because there is, I mean, if we could draw a picture of the difference between God and us, it's just like a lot. He's smarter than us in verbalization that we can't even put on. If there was some way we could combine all of our knowledge in one brain, we wouldn't scratch the cells on the bottom of his foot. I mean, we, we just cannot think on his level. When it comes to power, we, we could harness the energy of nuclear bombs and, and maybe whatever is beyond nuclear bombs, but we wouldn't even tap an ounce of his power. Yet we're trying to operate. So... So how does this all work? Well, this is a mystery that has been hidden that I'm going to try to walk through and, and, uh, and explain because we've got to get miracles back in the church. 
these signs shall, I'm quoting scripture, these signs shall follow them that believe. They will lay hands on the sick and sometimes they'll recover, sometimes they won't. They shall recover. These signs, if you drink any deadly thing, well, sometimes you might get a tummy ache, sometimes it might make you throw up, but you know, most of the time God will get you through it. It's not what he said. There's a realm that we can live in that if we can understand it, and you're not just going to understand it. Do you know why? This can be deep. You might want to get a piece of paper and pencil up. It's called a mystery. Now, let me read a definition of the word mystery from the Webster 1828 Dictionary. Hiding or shutting. To shut, to conceal something wholly unknown or something kept cautiously concealed, that which is beyond human comprehension until explained. That's the meaning of the word mystery. So, so when God set this whole thing up, he hid information into, into the stuff that we're dealing with. It's hidden. It's What's that old term? Uh, hidden in plain sight? You can read the Word of God, read the Word of God, read the Word of God, and never come to the knowledge of the truth if you don't get revelation on the Word of God. Now, if we ask, He'll give it to us. If we seek, we will find. If we knock, it shall be opened. Because those are all scriptures that said that He wants us to know this. And the reason that it is hidden is so that people that are not believers won't stumble into it. If, if, if you take back and go back to Adam and Eve, and Adam ate of the fruit and he sinned. He, he now, he's, his body's now dying. I mean, he lived 960 years, but his body's now dying. And uh, I'm sure there was something he immediately felt. What would have happened? He ran and got fig leaves and hid himself. But what would have happened if he would have ran to the tree of life? Because the scripture says, that is going to expel him from the garden, set a guard over this, lest he go back and eat of it. So there was, a, there was a way out of it, but he couldn't see it at the time. I've talked about this in blind spots, you know, the car that's in your blind spot. You, you looked, you didn't see anything, and all of a sudden somebody's honking at you because they were in your blind spots. We all have blind spots. Blind spots. And so um, we're going we're gonna to launch off here. Don't put the screen up yet, but find Mark chapter 4 because uh, I, I don't want you reading yet. And I'll tell you when to put the the verse up there. Okay, because I want to talk about Mark chapter 4 before we get there. Mark chapter 4 is the parable of the sower. Uh, And this is where you see that, you know, some had 30, some had 60, some had a a hundredfold uh, return. And so Jesus is teaching this parable to the masses. And then after he's all done, and when he's alone, um, those that were with him, which included the 12, they came up and said, Did you explain to us what you just told everybody? Now, that should tell us something. That even when they were sitting with Jesus and he taught, not everybody got, and even the closest ones to him, didn't understand what he was talking about. Can you explain this to us? Can you make it make sense to us? Can can you open our eyes to this? Go and talk about it. We heard heard what you you talked about, but this makes no sense. So then uh, go ahead and put up our verse there. We're going to go to 413. So after he had told the parable and he's talking to those that are around him in verse 13, he said, he said unto them, know you not this parable. How then will you know all parables? In other words, Jesus said, if you can't understand 
This, now he's going to re-explain it and amplify it. He says, if you can't understand this, you can't understand anything or any of the parables that I talk about. So in other words, we could say he's going to reveal a mystery when he expounds upon it so that they can understand other parables that he talks about. So the keys to this parable, I mean, there's, I mean, we could preach, I could preach a whole message on these, this, but uh, three keys in this is the word, the ground, and sowing and reaping. And he says, everything works off this system. So if I understand this, we could go, Paul expounds upon this in the book of Galatians. He says that he that sows to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that sows to the spirit shall of the spirit reap life everlasting. Everything in the Bible is around sowing and reaping. Uh, modernize the terminology. Everything is around cause and effect. You do this, you get this. You do that, you get that. Whether it's good or evil. Every decision we make has a corresponding action to it. Every time we do something that's in the Word of God, that Word of God will produce something good in our life. Every time we violate the Word of God, that will open the door for something else to happen. And this is what he's talking about. Now, uh, let me just expound a little bit on this. Um, you know, there's different teachings on it. Uh, one person I highly respect and, and the way they teach, we disagree on it. Um, and I'm not saying they're wrong. It's just the way that I see it. They say that the focal point is on the word. To me, the focal point is on the ground, the heart of man. Now, the basis that I have on it, and they would explain it differently, but the Bible says that the word of God is incorruptible. I mean, we know what the word, the word produces what the, the, uh, the word, if you believe in the word, you'll get what the word said. It's like a perfect system. Now, we've all had faith failures because we violated spiritual laws in believing. But the word is pure. So if the sower sows the word, there's four different hearts listed. Uh, you know, one choked, one, you know, I won't go through them all. And then one gave a 30, 60, 100 full return. Now, you probably have heard in churches uh, when they're receiving tithes and offerings, they say, have you ever heard, this is good ground to sow in? See, I totally disagree with that. Because, number one, if it's not good ground, I wouldn't put it past that person to lie and say they're good ground because they're doing something else that's violating that already. Do you know, say the ministry, do you know everything the ministry is doing? No. So, so are you just going to take my word for it and say that this is good ground? If the ministry, and I'll just use this, if the church is the ground that you're sowing into, then the church has control over your harvest. Because the church would have the ability to, to choke it or, you know, for it to spring up and then wither away or to give a 30, 60, 100 full return. God's system is so perfect, nobody can violate your ability to walk in the word except you. So the, the word comes back to being the heart of man, how we give. So, so when I sow the word, even though it doesn't make sense agriculturally, when I sow the word, it's my heart condition on how I sowed the word that's going to determine the harvest that comes back in. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So, but then now the process is we have to sow and reap. We have to get, in fact, I was just listening to Pastor Harbaugh tonight. And he was talking about living to give. That, that terminology right there is a condition of the heart 
and the sowing of the word. Now, if my heart's right and I sow the word, uh, it's going to produce a harvest. So why am I spending time on this? Because this is a mystery that he was talking about. Now, if we go to verse 11, he, Jesus said unto them, unto you it is given to know, watch this, the mystery of the kingdom of God. In other words, I am going to expound upon what I just told everybody so that you can understand the mystery. Because he's not trying to hide it from everybody. He's just hiding it from people manipulating the system. So he says, uh, the mystery of the kingdom of God, but unto them that are without, all these things are done in parables. Or it's going to be hidden. It's going to be a mystery where they're at. You know, uh, I don't understand how that could work. You know, I can't do it. 98% of the body of Christ doesn't tithe. Why? They don't understand the mystery. Well, you know, I understand math, and I know this is income, this is outgo, and there's nothing left down here, and if I do this, it's going to make this worse, so I, I'm not going to do that. You don't understand the mystery. Why well, I know the Bible says by the stripes I'm healed, but you've got to realize I'm feeling a certain way in my body. I need to, I need to get some pharmaceuticals in me, because the way I feel, you don't understand the mystery. You're walking down the street and somebody starts to ride. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, here, take everything I got. Here's my car. You want my kid's phone number so you can go get them too? Yeah. You don't understand the mystery. He said he'd be our protector. He said he'd be our banner. He said he'd be our healer. He said he'd be our provider. He said he would be all these things. Now, there's a way that this works in me. But see, going back to the one slide where it was like a triangle, looking to Jesus, we're expecting Jesus to just jump in where he is saying, no, I've empowered you. Stand against it. This is where I come back in Romans 12, too, that you may prove what is the perfect, uh, the good, the perfect, and acceptable will of God. I, I've been given the responsibility to prove his word works. So now I've got this battle between flesh and spirit. Okay, am I, am I making sense so far? I, I, you know, again, when it, makes, when it makes sense in your head, you think you're explaining it, and other people are looking at you like, man, you, you, you're out in left field, man. So, so if it doesn't make sense, ask questions. Because we have to understand, there, there's a way that you and I, you know, and I go back to the demoniac. Uh, how many demons did he have? Uh, legions. legions of demons. And within just a matter of minutes, he sat clothed and in his right mind. I don't care, I don't care how bad your life is. I don't think anybody in here has legions of demons in them. Maybe three, but, you know, probably not more than that. Um, everything that will battle us, say everything. everything. What is everything? everything? Everything that can battle us, God has given us power over it. But if you look at many Christians, they are messed up by something happening to them. We, 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 we have to understand this. Um, so this, this mystery of the kingdom. Now we have to understand kingdom. Kingdom is uh, derived of two words. One is shortened. King's domain. Or the, the domain of the king or the territory of the king. The king is in charge of the domain. So when we talk about the kingdom, uh, we could call it God's system of operation. 
uh, and it's, there's a mystery on how the operation of his kingdom actually operates. Everything deals with, when we're talking about this mystery of the kingdom, it deals with how God's system works, and it's called a mystery. It's not going to make sense to our natural mind because we have been naturalized in abnormal stuff. This world is abnormal. God's system is normal. But we're more comfortable in the abnormal than what we are in the normal. Now, this also is not talking about, when he talks about the mystery of the kingdom of God, he's not talking about heaven. It's not a geographic location. It's an operational location. So let me prove that to you. Go to Mark chapter 9. Just a few pages to your right. Mark chapter 9, verse 1. And Jesus said unto them, Verily I say unto you, There be some of them that stand here. That's roughly 2,000 years ago when Jesus was walking the face of earth. There's people alive right now that are standing right here which shall not taste death till they have seen the kingdom of God come, come, not go to, with power. So there's an operational system, the kingdom of God, and within that kingdom is power. The power is inside the operational system of God, not outside of it. Okay, so notice he says kingdom, operational, and power. So the operational system and the power of God and how it works. The operational system has power within it. What kind of power? Well, miracle working power for one. Authority power. I mean, it has all power and all authority. So it's not changing location, it's changing systems. So if I'm going, what, what am I talking about? Understanding the mystery, of the, uh, the mystery that Paul talks about, but I'm also talking about getting miracle working power back into the church, back into our lives. There, there is a location from which this operates. Now, I just said it's not talking about changing locations like as in leaving here and going to heaven, a geographic location. But it is talking about changing mental location, changing spiritual location, and operating in Him. There's many verses that talk about in Him, in Christ, in whom. All of those ends are within and under the subjection of the kingdom of God. Are we still tracking together? So the mystery is how the power of the Spirit can work through the natural. And this is a struggle for us. Uh, there's things that I'm believing God for that's just like I haven't, I haven't tapped into them. I, I'm, it's like I'm asking God, show me this. Because I can see in the Word that it should be at a higher level and we're not at that higher level. There's things that we should see and I can't see. And I, I you know, bridge this gap. There's something I miss. I know it's right in front of me because it's in the Word. But if you can't see it, you can't see it. Remember when I did that Sacoma thing? Uh, finished files are the results of blah, 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 blah. There's like seven F's in it or nine F's in it. And people could only see five of them or four of them or three of them or, or something like that. It was right in front of us. We understood all the instructions and we could read what was up there. But we still get it wrong, got it wrong because uh, there's only a handful of them that, that didn't get it wrong. And... Half of those handfuls had done it with me before, so they knew what the, it was gonna, where we were going. Uh, but we couldn't see it, even though it was right before our face. So we've got to understand 
And, and this is where it becomes hard to explain. I know how I explain it. I'll, I'll use Pastor Harbaugh's story again. A, a pastor called him one time. And um, God had been dealing with him with location. And uh, spiritual location. And a pastor had called him. And was talking to him about various things. And, and he told, uh, I don't know the other pastor's name, but he told Pastor Harbaugh, um, you know, it's throughout my years of ministry, I've, I've battled with depression. And uh, he said whenever I'd battle with depression, he would kind of talk about it. And while he was talking, the Lord spoke to Pastor Harbaugh and said, he's in it right now. So Pastor Harbaugh let him talk. And uh, when he, he stopped, he says, well, let me ask you a question. When was the last time you dealt with this? You know, crickets. And then uh, he says, well, actually, I'm in it right now. So, right, he says, I'll pray for you. And, and by the way, this man had written a book on the power of prayer. Okay? So, so just keep that in the back of your mind right there. And so uh, Pastor Harbaugh said, I'll, I'll, pr- I'll pray for you. And he says, okay. So uh, he's on the phone. Pastor Harbaugh kneels his head, bows his head, closes his eyes. And uh, starts to pray. Heavenly Father, we come, you know, before, however he is praying. And he said it was like the Holy Ghost was behind him and went, <clears throat> excuse me. And he's like, he stopped. And the guy's, you know, he's like, stopped mid-sentence in, in his prayer. And uh, the Holy Spirit said, where are you praying from? See, because he was in a, a, a submitted position. Had his head bowed, his eyes closed. That's a, that's a position, a physiology of submission. So what was he doing? He Go back to the other slide. He went from, he was praying to Jesus to do something in a position of submission. And the Holy Spirit said, where are you praying from? So now he understood as soon as he heard that, go back to the other slide. He, he now realized, no, I, I'm seated in him in heavenly places. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6. He opened his eyes, he straightened up. And he looked down at the devil. He says, you foul spirit of depression, I command you to, you know, I don't know the exact words he said, but something like that. He prayed an authoritative prayer. He wasn't asking Jesus to do something. He now took charge. And the man, after he prayed, said, what did you just do? And he said, I took authority over it. And uh, no, actually, the man didn't write a book on prayer. He wrote a book on authority. He says, well, I've written books on authority. I obviously don't understand authority because he said it was like there was a, a vice grip around my head and it broke off. I physically felt it leave my body. Okay, what happened there? Location. Pastor Harbaugh was the same height he was before the little conversation. His hair was the same color. Uh, you know, he was in the same building. It, it wasn't about geographic location. He was in the same office. He shifted himself in location. Now, this mystery has to do with this internal location. Where, where, and just don't answer out loud, but just think about it. When you pray, where are you praying from? A position of a victim or a position of a victor? Because you'll pray differently. How do you see yourself when you pray? Unworthy or worthy? Because you will pray different. Now, In talking about this mystery, this mystery operates from this realm because we are are both flesh and spirit. But we yield into which one we we depend upon in the operation of what we're doing. 
Now, this is a. You know, we, we have an um, automatic system. They, they say that we do like 90% of everything we do for on the subconscious level. Like when you sit down to tie your shoes, you don't like say, okay, let me see, cross it. You, you just, <laughs> and you do it and you move on. I mean, you start driving. You ever been driving someplace and all of a sudden you're at your office and it's like, I don't remember going through that stoplight back there. <laughs> you know, beca because everything's like on and on. We do a lot of things on a subconscious level. Well, here's where it becomes difficult because your subconscious level is not geared to the spirit unless you've worked for it to be geared to the spirit. So we, we go to church, we sing hallelujah, we pray, we shout, you know, praises to God. Then we walk out and the natural kicks back in. Amen. See, if I'm driving, if we pull out of here and I'm driving... In fact, this just happened the other day. Came around the roundabout, went up Santa Fe, got to Walnut, and uh, um, the light was red, and it turned green, but I just, like, paused. And then some guy come flying through the intersection going, like, 90 miles an hour, which if I would have just responded to green and went, I'd have got T-boned. Okay, do you believe when you drive, you don't get in wreck? See, that has to be an active thing. It's funny because most people, like if they go on a trip on the road, you know, the freeway is typically the safest place to drive. It's around town that, that it gets real, you know, iffy. But people, because they're going on vacation and they're going to drive, they want to pray over the trip that their driving will be safe. Well, what happened yesterday when you went to the market? We just jumped in the car and went. You, you, have, to have, a, you have to live by the Spirit and have your faith activated that you drive, but you don't get in wrecks. That, that you roam about the city on whatever you do, but violence doesn't come near you. That your house, that, that they may break into uh, ten houses around you, but it shall not come near me. See, it, it's living by the Spirit based on the Word of God. So the functionality of doing this is it, it, there, there's a place we enter into. So let's go to John chapter 3. Am I doing okay laying a foundation? Because we really haven't got to, I mean, I, I've hit around the mystery, but, uh, but I, I'm trying to make it make sense that there's a place we've got to step into which takes an activation on our part. So are you still tracking with me? Anybody got any questions? Like something not make sense? Yes. Uh, Liz over here. Um, well, yes and no, but I would say more no because it's easy for us humans to throw everything onto God. See, you will never become spiritual if you don't become hungry for spiritual things. And he said, I placed my spirit in, in you. So in the, there's two realms of the spirit. When you get born again, you can't get born again without the spirit. So the spirit of God is inside of you because it did a work to get you born again. So now you can't say, well, well, it's got the God because he always, he's already put a spirit in you to get you born again. Now we move over into being filled in being filled with the spirit. That's also this is why a lot of people struggle with praying in tongues because they're waiting for God to do something. Just start speaking. 
Well, it feels a lot like me because it is a lot like you. It is you. But, you know, I, I, I've done it before. And, uh, uh, you know, Sergey, say out loud just how much you, you adore our friendship in Russian. See, he didn't even have to think about it. He just, he just came out with it. You know who that was? He wasn't waiting for God to move on him to speak Russian. He just spoke right. Do it in German. Do it in Spanish. Okay, that was all him. He just spoke three different languages, and we have, you know, and he speaks English also. And he probably speak when when the uh, um, Mark and Julie was here, he walked up and spoke Welsh to him. I mean, okay, but he did it. So, so this is where people are wanting to, to pray in the Spirit, and they're waiting for God to do something. No, it's going to take you. He's already done everything. I've given you my Spirit. Now pray in the Spirit. Oh, I can't do that. I don't know the language. Well, start learning it. You know, if you're going to start learning Spanish, you're going to start off with taco, because we're going to make it, <laughs> we're, we're, we're going to make it make sense on something that's going to benefit us. Then we're going to say, bueno taco. Okay, and uh, but but you're going to have to do it. So the same thing when it comes to the spirit. I mean, it's, it's a great question because people are waiting for God to do something for them to become spiritual. And once you get born again, you got the spirit of God inside of you. Start working it. And, and this it, it really bleeds into what I'm talking about, because how are you ever going to step into the spiritual realm if you've got mind blockages on you being spiritual? So we're, we're in John chapter 3, and in John chapter 3 is the story of Nicodemus. I've, I've preached on this a lot, but we're going to walk through it because I think it's a powerful illustration. And uh, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, the ruler of the Jews, came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles except that thou, uh, that thou doest, except God be with him. And Jesus answered and said unto him. Now most people, because of a verse, uh, uh, verse 3, he says, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Remember, we just talked about the mystery of the kingdom of God. But you have to realize Jesus had not went to the cross yet. They are under the Old Testament. Nicodemus is not coming to Jesus asking how to get born again, how to walk with God, or how to be righteous in God's eyes. He, they, he knows it. He's a Pharisee. He's a master at it. They, they lived their whole life according to the, the Mosaic law, uh, following the laws, doing everything the law said. He know, he's a teacher. He's a ruler. And he, he knows how to live, how to be right with God at the time he was talking about it. And so, uh, so let's go back. There was a man, a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews, the same came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know. Wait a minute. How many people are there? Just Nicodemus. Who's the we? Well, you have to know what's happening is the Pharisees are losing their congregation to Jesus because everybody wanted to go see the, hear him speak, see what he's going to do, see who he's going to heal and what on and so forth. We know, but there's only one. We know. They had to have been talking about it. They had to have their, their Pharisee, Pharisee meeting where they sat down and said, what are we going to do? I mean, this guy, he's obviously walking with God because he's doing things that only God can do, but he's doing, we can't do it. Everybody's following him. We need to figure out how to do it. So he says, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, 
For no man can do these miracles that you do, except God be with him. And Jesus answered, but there was no question. He made a statement. We know you are a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles. And Jesus answered the question that he and the other Pharisees had. How are you doing what you're doing? Now you hear people, and yeah, if you get somebody born again off this, that's great. But it has no context with born again. Born again was not even a thing yet. Because Jesus hadn't went to the cross. And, and as far as walking with God, they were masters at walking with God. They wanted to know, how are you doing these miracles? We, we, we know, obviously, that, that you're, you, know, you know God, you're walking with God because nobody can do these things except, and you're doing them. So Jesus answered the question of his heart. Now, what am I talking about? The mystery. Because Jesus is about to explain something that somebody of the religious order cannot see. He's going to open their eyes. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again. Now, we hear that word born again, and we think he, it's all been shifted to Nicodemus came to him and, and teach me how to get born again. But that's, that wasn't the question. The answer was in the born-again process. Okay? But there's an assumption within the born-again process. He didn't say, pray the sinner's prayer. Because in God's eyes, getting born again is an all-in thing. I want to change locations, and I want to operate in the realm of the Spirit that you're operating in, how do I do this? Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So the answer comes back to the kingdom of God, the operational system of God in his domain. So, so this goes right over Nicodemus' head. Huh? 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 Uh, well, I can crawl back up in my mother's womb and get, huh? Yeah, I'm, I'm five foot 11 now. I mean, I, I don't think this is going to work. Okay, Jesus answered the question of we. Now, verse five. Well, let's just go ahead and read verse four. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born again? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered now he's going to explain what he said about getting born again. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Now, back in Mark chapter 4, he talked about the mystery of the kingdom of God. So we're seeing there is an operational system by which you and I can enter into. So he says, unless you be born of the water and of the spirit. Now, somebody I highly respect, they teach that uh, to be born of water means it's for humans. You know, the water sack broke and you were born. It can't be because all mammals are in water sacks. So that would have to mean that animals could get born again. Okay, there, there's only one class that's made in the image of God, and that's humans. Animals don't qualify. I know you love your little dog and cat. And I hear, well, I'll see him in heaven. 
You have no biblical basis for that. They're not made in that category. That's an emotional statement that has no biblical basis on it. There's only one. In fact, if you go through creation, God created all the living creatures on the earth, but man, he blew the breath of life into. It's a, it's a totally different class of being. We are made in the image of God. So he can't, in my, uh, it, some people talk, in fact, I called somebody who I highly respect, and I ran that by them. I said, you heard that? Yes, I've heard that. And uh, how can that be? Because mammals, all mammals are, are born, you know, in a sack of water. And uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I've just heard people talk about it. So I've, ne- I've not gotten a good answer on how that doctrine can be, uh, because that means every dog, every cow, every, you know, you know is, is part of this. The horses that are there. The horses that are there? Oh, I'm not denying that there's not animals in, uh, in heaven. I, I'm, I'm saying, and, and I'm not even denying that your dog may be in heaven. I'm saying you have no scriptural foundation to say that it's true. But, but, there, but there is animals in heaven. We read that in the Bible. Yeah, I... A lot of those out-of-body experiences, I would question, but um, I heard one guy preaching that there's condo units there. Um, you know, hey, rock on. We, 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 now, there's mansions. The Bible talks about that. It doesn't say anything about condo units. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of people with a lot of ideas on the Bible, and it's fine. People can believe whatever they want, but really, we've, we've got to come back to the Word of God. All right. So except a man be born of water and of the spirit. So now we have two factors. We've got the baptism born. Now, people ask me, do I believe that baptism is required to go to heaven? I don't. Because notice here, he's not talking about the uh, saying the sinner's prayer, getting uh, born again or receiving anything. He's talking about a system of operation. One, because the context of this is not about getting born again. The context of this is how do we get miracles working? Okay, but um, but baptism has a very in fact, I I said it the other day, we're having a baptism. We're up to eight right now. Praise the Lord. Um, And um, so on this um, on the, the baptism, it has a very important part. You're not going to function in the kingdom of God being carnal. And the baptism is the burial of the carnal man, the old man. If you have faith in the operation of God, uh, Paul in Colossians chapter 2, then you can bury that man and arise a new person that is not hindered by the sinful nature. Okay? And now we have the Spirit, if you're born of the Spirit. Now, obviously to get born again, that takes the Spirit. But to be filled with the Spirit is the operation of the Spirit, and power comes to the comes in that it starts talking about it in Acts chapter 8 that that uh, we shall receive power after the Holy Spirit you know is, is come upon us so he says that unless a man be born of water and of spirit he cannot enter into the kingdom of God now the context is miracle working powers it operates from within the kingdom of God in Mark chapter 4 Jesus called it the mystery of of the kingdom of God. So if you can just imagine it right now, Visalia, 
you, you, you know your way around by cell, you know the roads and everything in here, you know the buildings, you know where McDonald's is and Jack in the Box and, and everything else is at, and you know everything like that. But overlaid on that is an operational system called the kingdom of God that you can't see. Because he said the kingdom of God has come. So now we have to make a decision, which are we going to operate in? I can see one and I can't see the other one. Which one do you think is going to be the, the easiest one to follow? The one I'm used to, the one I can see, that I can touch, that I can feel, that I can smell. And so now I operate, my mind is, has been trained to see the natural, and I can't see the spiritual. So now what I try to do is get God to bless me in the natural, God to heal me in the natural, God to prosper me in the natural, God to bring peace to my family in the natural. And what he's saying is there's a whole kingdom around you that has all the power to operate in it. If you'll, if you'll transition your operation. But now be honest. You having a hard time wrapping your mind around that? Like, how do I do that? That's where uh, y'all are deceived if you think this is easy and <laughs> nobody raised their hand. This is, to me, this is one of the problems with the modern church because we say that if you said the sinner's prayer, then you are the righteousness of God and all power has been given to you. And we say all these promises, but those things operate within the kingdom of God. And a lot of people are operating outside the kingdom of God. I'm not saying they're not born again, not going to go to heaven. They're not operating in power. I mean, if you're honest with yourself, are you really operating in the power of heaven that will produce everything the Bible says? That means... With long life, he will satisfy you, that you live in divine health, that you have overflow of money, that there's peace among you and your family. And, and you know, and we can just kind of keep going down the, the list of all the promises of God. Can we really say we're operating at the level that the Bible describes? Most people are not. I would say I'm not. In fact, you've heard me say it many times. We're living far lower than what the Bible talks about. Why? Because we're living outside the kingdom of God. We, we pray we study. These are all inside the kingdom of God things. Fast, we do different things, but as soon as the problem hits, we shift over to the carnal and try to ha handle it in the natural. How we know how. How we were educated to do it. But God said, there's a way that we can function by His power in this natural. Now, it's a mystery. You're not going to find it. One thing that we know about it from Mark chapter 4, that everything operates on seed time and harvest. What is one of the biggest things that the devil has fought with people who say they're a Christian? Giving. All those preachers do want their money. No, all Starbucks does is want your money. <laughs> all your dentist wants is your money. The church wants to open up the realm of heaven in your life. If it's a, if it's a church that really has a right motive. But yet... The belief system is, is all the preachers want your money. Well, I can take you to one who, who did this. Well, you could probably take to 100. But what about the 10,000s? Who's trying to get people to walk in the power of God? There's corruption in every arena of life. But see, 
the, probably the number one thing that the enemy has, t has attacked is people's ability to sow. I can't afford it. I can't do it. I want this. I could never live at that level. I can't. And we've got 10,000 excuses that's all centered around one thing. Don't live to give. But God or Jesus said that if you don't understand the seed time and harvest, and it's not just money. If you don't understand the living to give, you're not going to understand anything that Jesus is talking about. And if we don't understand it, how can the mystery be revealed to us? Now, it's 825. Let me, let me just close off here. Go to Romans 16. We'll close off on this one because there's just one verse here. And, um, uh, and bring it back to the, this mystery. Romans 16.25 says, Now to him that is of power to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery, which was kept secret since the world began. So now, what I, in closing on this mystery, if you can just give me like five more minutes or something, this mystery has been kept secret since the, how does it say, since the beginning of, or since, uh, the secret since the world began. Now, in Ephesians chapter 1, it says that God knew us before the foundation of the world. So that verse is a lot farther than since the beginning of the world began. This secret started when God put everything into order. So Genesis 1-1 operated according to the mystery of the kingdom. Adam operated according to the mystery of the kingdom. Adam lost it. But then in the law, there was a way to get back into the mystery of the kingdom. It was a lot harder, but it was coming to full fruition with Christ. So he starts off with power. Now to him that is of, of power. Now the, word, the English word power in, in, uh, uh, in our Bibles, you know, the English Bible, typically comes from the words either dunamis, which is like, miraculous dynamite uh, exertion of power or exousia which is like authority power uh, a police officer has the power to stop a semi by raising his hand and going like this well if they collide the semi is going to win okay he has exousia not dunamis now the the military guy sitting in the tank he pops his head out of the top of the tank and goes like this now he has dunamis because he can blow the truck up. Okay, so those are the power words that we typically read in the Bible. But this word is not that. This word is dynamino. And it means be able, can, or have the power. So we could read it now to him that is able, to him that can, to him that has the power to establish you. Now establish is a short form of establish. But it also means to strengthen or to fix firmly. Now to him that has the power or is able to or, or you know, can establish you or strengthen you or cause you to be fixed firmly. Uh, um, where am I at? Verse 25. Uh, now to him that has the power to establish you. Uh, now watch what Paul says. According to my gospel and preaching of Jesus Christ. Now, I'm going to leave you with this, because, and we're going to start back up on this verse next Wednesday. But I want you to just see something, because we all know the preaching of Jesus Christ is everything, right? But Paul just introduced something here. 
He didn't do away with preaching of Christ. He said, my gospel, gospel being good news. So he said, there, there's something that Paul learned. In fact, let's just read the, the rest of the sentence. According to the revelation of the ministry, of the mystery. So his gospel, his good news, was the understanding of how this mystery worked in our natural lives. Amen. Does that make sense? Yeah. All right. I'm going to stop right there. Anybody got any questions or comments? Yep. Tammy. I mean, just with going with the mystery of things um, and people's comments on what's in heaven. Remember when Tiffany had that dream of heaven when she was just little, like five, and she was telling us, and some of the things that she said, we knew that she had had an experience somehow with them because some of the things that she said, we'd never told her, and it was very Straight out of the Bible. Straight out of the Bible. But some things she said, you know, like she said she saw a big alligator, I'm swimming in the river, and it was nice, a nice alligator. Um, and like a tricycle. A tricycle. And so what we thought is that, you know, some things our finite minds can't grasp because they said even the colors, the sounds, the smells in heaven are something that we've never, ever experienced before. Mm-hmm. So our minds would try to grasp and, and finite these things in what we think of things. So maybe she saw something that reminded her of a tricycle. That's the only way that she could, you know, explain Articulate it. it. Yes. And so, you know, y- you have to look at things in that way that we don't even understand anything that could be in heaven. And so, like, when you talk about, you know, somebody saw condos, it was probably because in their Autobot experience, that's something they associated it with on an, in an earthly way, which is, you know, what he was talking about here, that if I didn't, you know, if I if I told you the earthly things and you didn't believe, then how could you believe the heavenly things? Absolutely. And that's actually where I started the, the message on even when you hear God, are you really hearing what he's saying? Because if heaven, if God's ways are so far above us, it's like in the uh, Old Testament, there was a prophecy and it really looks like the prophet saw military fighter jets of modern day. And he described it as chariots with fire coming out of them. He had no frame of reference of what a jet fighter is. So, so yes, that's very true on people. They, they do things. Now, the Bible does say there's animals in heaven, there's trees in heaven. But don't get them confused with you. You and I are the only things made in the image of God, and, uh, and we're in a different class of being. But here's the problem with that, even though I agree with what Tammy said, and it tied it back into what I said in the beginning. We're doing that on... This is why I believe John chapter 3 has become a, a chapter on how to get born again when it has nothing to do with getting born again is because it was the only thing we could understand and nobody really sought in to try to figure out what is really, what is really being said here. Because if you break it down, and my testimony is, because I would hear people preach on John chapter 3 and every time I heard somebody preach on John chapter 3, which was about getting born again, uh, is I'd get, I have a check in my spirit. This is not right. Now, I did not know why it was not right. Because everything they were saying was making sense and they had verses. But I had a check in my spirit that, no, this is not right. And so one day the Lord sat me down and said, I want you to read it slow. And I read John 3, 1. There's a man named Nicodemus, a religious Pharisee. It's like, okay, well, there's nothing. Now we'll move on. No, go back and read it. And he had me go back and read it. Okay, okay. Obviously, there's something here. So I slowed down. He was a Pharisee. What does that mean? He's a Pharisee. 
Okay, well, he was a, a, a ruler. He was a leader. Yeah, okay. Well, they have a mindset. Okay, so, so he's going to think like a leader. And, and I started analyzing, and I went through it slow, and then all of a sudden I saw that verse, we. It's like, we? There ain't no we here. That's why verse 1 is there, describing who he is. Because they're losing all their church members, and they're having meetings trying to figure out how do we get them back. We, we, ha- we can't fight against this. He's raising the dead and opening the blind to die. How's he doing this? It's obviously God, but why isn't it happening for us? And so I started reading that, and then whenever I got down to he, uh, Jesus answered, I thought, what was the question? And I read it again, and there was no question. I read it again, and it's like, well, he's answering a question, so there's obviously a question there, but, what, but Nicodemus has not answered a question. So, so Jesus cut to the chase. He bottom-lined it. I'll tell you how miracles work. See, that's why I'm a bottom-line guy. I cut to the chase. I don't need all the flowery stuff. No, I'm just kidding. Let's stand. But, but are we hearing what the Word says? Because there, there's something that, that, there's a realm that we can live in, and if we don't, in fact, I think it was Peter who said it in his exhortation, he says the currency that we're going to need to get in through these last days is the currency of faith. It's absolutely true. But you're going to have to lock your faith into what this mystery, how it can work in you, that you can overcome anything that comes against you. You have to build a mindset, Romans 12, 2, that you may prove that God's word is true. So, so when something comes against you, you've got to prove that that word in me has the power to overcome that, and you can't be moved by it. Does that make sense? Yes. Amen. We got everybody covered? Anybody else have any comments? All right, Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for your word. God, help us to understand. Help us to, God, open the eyes of our understanding. Let, let us become hungry for what you're talking about, because there's a realm that we can walk in. God, that we, that we can absolutely walk in the power that you've given to us. God, let it become a reality to us. Let us become hungry for it. Lord, open the eyes, God, that we will see this mystery and how it all ties into seed time and harvest, what we're sowing, what we're reaping. And Lord, the operation of the Spirit through us, through this natural being. God, let it come together, God, as we lay this out, um, maybe just next week or the following week, however deep I go into it, uh, that you lead me, Lord, lead me in it so that I don't go too deep, but I, I bring clarity to the subject. And Lord, as we leave here, Lord, let our mind be stayed on you in Jesus' name. Amen.